With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him, the cat that got the cream. Ian Taylor said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Monk, really? He's, what's he? I know Monk. his manager. What kind of thing is Gary Monk. Five out of ten. I haven't finished it. I cannot believe Gabby had Bonner Horse. That's crazy, that's isn't terrible. it? That's terrible. Yeah, we may well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome to the Villa View podcast with Thomas Julian in his resplendent white shirt and Dan Bardell in his casual black t-shirt. Did you Opposites uh, of each other today. Did you look up resplendent before we came in? No, no, it just popped into my head. I you, don't know why. Usually I criticise your uh, vocabulary and then I'm called out on Twitter for me getting it wrong, so I'm going to leave it resplendent good job he's just had a go at my diction as well off, off camera saying that I don't pronounce my words enough so I'm going to make a conscientious effort to pronounce my words a bit better two two big words early doors it, I don't know what's wrong with me so it is the Villa View podcast as I've mentioned fresh from Villa's 2-0 win at Deepdale last night 2-0 against Preston and Tom fresh from date night missed the game I believe did you miss the game did date night happen yeah yeah it did happen yeah, yeah. go well very well, actually. Yeah, I went to a gig at Shepherd's Bush. Yeah. It was great. Lots Wife enjoy it. Oh, yeah, she loved it. Yeah. Worth missing Villa putting in a good performance and good win for uh, uh, it's, Do you know what's annoying? Because it sounds... Well, I watched the highlights, obviously, but um, it was a great result for Villa. And uh, But sometimes you've got to put Mrs. J first, you know. Let her... I'll be saying things like that in case my wife listens. Well, she's not going to listen, <laughs> is she? No, she doesn't listen uh, to this. The thing is, your wife, she knows that she's got, like, two weeks in the summer, which... Where she comes first. That's and, true. And she seems to have accepted that. No, no, she's a good girl. She she gets looked after. She does get looked after, but she knows that Villa are obviously a big thing in my life. It's never been any secret, so probably move on from this subject just yeah, in case well, we didn't, she does listen. <laughs> we didn't just have the Villa game. We obviously had uh, the pressing game. Sorry, we also had the Birmingham game. There's a bit of news to get to as well. Drab. You know. So, well, should we start there? We should start with the uh, the nil nil at St Andrews. What did you think first of all? Let's 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 talk about it. For I a guess bit. it makes sense to go chronological. Always. I'm dropping in some big words, 
big <laughs> words. Tonight. It's very good. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You know. Um, I'm too low. Pretty boring. Myself up. Pretty boring game, wasn't it? Really? Did you watch that one? Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Of course. Never miss one. Of course, he watched it. Um, it's hard to th- hard to think about it now because obviously we've had the game last night at Deepdale, so. I thought we could have won, but I thought we easily could have lost yeah, that's exactly. as well. Obviously, we had a good first 10 minutes, I thought, and then for some reason we just started paying them all kinds of respect, and I'm not sure why we were doing that. And then at the start of the second half, I do not know how we didn't concede. Obviously, we've got away with one from Jota, putting the ball over the roof when he, when he threw on goal. They had a couple go across the goal as well that I thought we were quite fortunate to get away with, but then we've ended the game well and hit the bar twice. I think Terry's header that went just wide was a very good chance. Yeah, well, I said on this podcast, didn't I, a week before, who would you like to come up and score the winner? John Terry has that opportunity, and you think, oh. And I kind of, you look at the replays, and you think, did he nudge it a little bit wider? I don't think there was quite enough on it for him to really have made a difference. Um, but I don't think it would have gone straight in. No. Is that what you said? That, that's kind of what I was yeah. Yeah, alluding to. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Well, it wasn't a tough one. It felt like both teams had kind of set out their stall not to lose that game. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like you said there. I think a draw is probably the fair result. Birmingham had their chances. That Isaac Vassell chance as well, which Johnston rocketed into him. That could have gone in. Um, and you know, an earlier goal could have could have completely changed the the flow of the game. But I think for the first sixty minutes or so after that initial ten minute spell that we had. I think it turned into... This isn't going to make sense what I'm saying, probably. It makes good. sense in my head, Great. which is good for a podcast. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't a football match. We let it turn into a bit of a battle and a fight. And at that point, I don't think we had the necessary personnel to deal with deal with a fight. And I think that's why Birmingham were on top. But then, actually, when we brought Yedinak and Davis on, who were the more physical players, mm-hmm. we were better set up for a fight. And we managed to muscle our way back in and turn it more into a football match. If that makes sense as well with our bet with our better footballers, yeah, it does make sense. I think it's really interesting. Actually, we'll come on to the Preston game very very soon. But I was reading Greg um, Greg Evans's write up of the Preston game, and he said he's seen such a difference in this Villa side from from the Villa that played against Preston compared to 12, 18 months ago. And oh it, yeah, and and but the difference was the ability to fight. And you're right, we've got the. It's not just a, a mental thing, but it's also a strength thing. And you you do bring on those strong players. You've got Whelan, you've obviously got Yedinak, and you bring on players like Davis who can can muscle a defence. And and you are you are then ready for this battle. And and it was always going to be. I felt like Cotterill was never going to set up to to go attacking. You know, they're, well, they're, I think that's a bit harsh on them. I think they actually had a good go. I, well, yeah. Okay. Maybe. But they're they're down the bottom of the. It's much more important for them not to lose. Yeah. Than to win necessarily. They they they, they didn't want to win. I mean, St Andrews was undersold. I mean, it's their best crowd of the season, but still not seeing out on Derby Day is is an indictment. You know, I just I just felt a bit. I, I didn't think that they. I th- what I'm trying to say is, I think we could have gone at them from the start, and maybe oh, yeah. we would have had more joy. Yeah, but we we got a bit penned, penned in, and as I say, I think it turned into a a battle and a scrap, and we were didn't maybe have other than Wheel and the right personnel for that scrap. Although I did think Horahan got stuck in well and showed a bit of a dirtier side to his game that I quite enjoy because I don't I don't feel I've seen that mm. seen that before. Then the main thing that came out of the game is, I mean, I think if you offer Blues a nil nil before the game. They take it and they're happy with that. If you offer Villa a nil-nil before the game, we're not happy with it, and they're probably the happier with the with the result because they haven't lost. Yeah, obviously that's twelve now, unbeaten in league games against against Birmingham City. So it's nice to keep that going, although it wasn't a classic. But the most important thing was after the 
nil in a in a derby game. We needed to win the next game, and we got a few days later. We've managed to do that. So four points from two away games, two clean sheets. I don't think you can knock that, really. That was seamless, wasn't it? Moving into the Preston game, a 2-0 win at Deepdale. A great away victory. Well, I, I, I didn't see it. I saw the highlights today. i uh, got to admit that because you called me out on my date night. Well, you called yourself out. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. even your well, calendar well, let's, <laughs> on show. That's true. Well, let's talk about it then. How I've, I've seen rave reviews on Twitter. It looked a great performance from the highlights. Lots of people very happy with the villa that they saw last night. I thought it was a comfortable comfortable win. I mean, in the second half, as happens when a team's 2-0 down, Preston turned the screw a little bit and put a bit more pressure on. And I was texting Dan Rollinson through the game, our new presenter, and he he was worried, saying, I can see what's going to happen here, we're going to concede. And I said to him, I'm not worried, I think we look solid, I do not see us conceding. And, and that's what what happened. We looked so, so comfortable at the back last night. And then when you've got someone like Yedinak who you can bring on to shore things up and see a game out, on top of Whelan, who's a good defensive player, and that, that back four that we've got that's performing so well, and a goalkeeper that's on top of his game, you're going to see out games. I mean, you look at when we played Preston, I think it was January or February. I think it was January, actually, early on in the year in the league at Villa Park. We're 2-0 up. We chucked the game away. Yeah. We let them back in. Yeah. I never saw that that was going to happen last night. I know they've got a lot of injuries, Preston, so obviously we've had it easier going at them def- defensively yeah. because they've got a lot of personnel missing. But I just thought it was a complete performance. We looked like we'd score every time we went forward. We were actually a bit wasteful. Yeah. After going to after going 2-0 up. But the big thing for me now is as well is John Terry is absolutely immaculate. He's one of the best footballers I've seen play for Aston Villa. And I know it's a championship level and that's a big thing to say. But he's so, so good. Mm. He's not a better defender than him yeah. in the championship. And James Chester actually runs him close. Well, I wanted to get on to... We'll, we'll get on to Villa's defence in a minute. But I wanted to talk a bit about Preston because you mentioned it there or you alluded to it. They were missing six to start with. They lost two more on the night. Should we? I mean, there was there was a question on Twitter from Zebra, I think it was. Should we not put them to the sword a little bit more? You know, they're they're in a relegation scrap. They're not a particularly Preston. They're up with us. They were up with us before the game. They were ninth. I don't know about or that. Tenth. They were. They'll be down there. I, I don't. I don't, know. I don't see them. Being They'll be closer to the top than the bottom. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll come say. to the end of the season. I thought I read that they were they were down the bottom. I need You're to get a championship. I, I do that, yeah. but I do that. In, uh, you see what you want to see, Tom. Yeah, you know. but I, I, th- I think we should have, or should we have? Is, is more the right phrasing. Should we have taken those chances? Should we be kicking on? Should we be talking about a four or five nil win? I don't think we can have any complaints when Aston Villa are going away from home and winning two nil and it being comfortable because rewind a year we couldn't do anything away from home. So I don't think we're in a position to criticise anything. Okay, we could have had could have had more goals, but when you two nil up, players naturally relax a little bit more maybe aren't quite as switched on to maybe try a, sh- try a shot in a way that they wouldn't try if it, mm-hmm. if it was nil-nil so as I say I think we were comfortable I don't think we can have any complaints because I didn't ever think we conceded and I thought we'd end up scoring more goals 2-0 was enough so as long as it's enough I don't think we should care Yeah, Alan Hutton was the choice at left back again even though Neil Taylor was, was back and available and uh, what did you make of his performance? I mean he's just in- he's incredible I've criticised him a lot over the last 18 months, although obviously I've, I've turned it since the apology earlier on in the year. But he's incredible because every time you think he's done, he comes back in. So El Mohamed has done very well at right-back, so you'd think he was done, yeah. Alan Hurton. He's not going to come in at right-back because El Mohamed is a Bruce favourite. Then he comes in at left-back and does well. So you can't knock him. He could. I thought he might end up scoring last night, actually. He was, he was bombing forward. He yeah. was heavily involved 
in attacks when Preston were pushing up and we were on the break, I thought he might end up with, with a, a long overdue goal. Yeah, and even very early on, you know, he, he showed a bit of poise at the back, then brought it out, laid it down to a domer on the left wing there, and, and we nearly had a goal very, very early on as well. So, yeah, he's shown, he's shown yeah, that kind of composure that we've seen from, from well, maybe we haven't seen from him before. Do you think that's a, that's an age thing and, and playing with Terry and playing with Chester and playing in a settled back four? I think maybe at left back he has to concentrate a bit more than he would at right back because obviously he's at the tail end of his career. He can probably play an autopilot right back but at left back he probably can't. I know it sounds, sounds a bit stupid because it's the same position essentially. It's full back but he'll have to concentrate more on the left hand yeah. side and when you've got John Terry at, at left centre back he won't stand for you standing in the wrong place or you not picking up your man and whatnot and John Terry will organise you. I think I think that probably helps Alan Hutton having an organiser well, next to him. Alan Hutton's played in some very good defences before. You know, he's no he's no mug. He's 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 been around Champions League teams, and now he's got a championship uh, Champions League caliber centre back right next to him. As you say, James Chester's playing in the form of his life as well. You know, that's 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 got to help him. Where do you see Neil Taylor getting back into this side? Is it is it Hutton's to lose now? For the next few weeks, I'd say it is, but Taylor will get back in. Mm-hmm. Taylor is our number one left back. There isn't another natural left back at the club. And while Alan Hutton's done well, at some point he will come out for Neil Taylor. Mm-hmm. And maybe Al Mohamedy might move further forward for some games. Maybe Al Mohamedy might come out for that game. The important thing is, is that you need a squad. I mean, we had players missing last night, but we still had a strong, a strong first team. I thought the bench was a bit questionable with the mm-hmm. amount of defenders, but I think because people have played in the under-23s a few days earlier, he didn't want didn't to involve them. And he's already said Grealish will be involved in the eighteen at the weekend which is which is good news because I think we lacked a bit of attacking impetus from the bench had the game been going wrong and I think that was something that maybe cost us against Birmingham because when I think if Codger had stayed on I think we would have gone on and won that game because we were causing them problems on the break but I think have, he ended up bringing Hogan on left midfield which doesn't suit him no. at all had he had a Grealish to bring on for the last 10 minutes I actually think we might have gone on and won that game right. but he obviously had Hogan playing out of position it's not Hogan's fault, it's, it's not his position, but then I suppose we're talking about Alan Hutton playing out of position and playing yeah. well, so maybe footballers should be able to play. Well, you think that. You mentioned the under-23s there. We had Callum O'Hare scored a hat-trick uh, in, in the Villa under-23s 6-0 drubbing uh, <laughs> over Newcastle. Can he be a little bit disappointed that he wasn't, wasn't on the bench? I think on Sunday he probably would be disappointed, Yeah, but... I think on Wednesday, on Wednesday's game against Preston, if you've played a few days earlier, you're probably not going to, yeah, not going to be in the 18. He's certainly knocking on knocking on the door. I think Grealish coming back is coming back at the wrong time for, for him because he's obviously yeah. thriving in the in the under 23s. Clearly too good for the under 23s, but I'm not sure he's quite ready to be starting games. Maybe, but yeah, I suppose we you never know, know until you're thrown in. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's played well in the Carabao Cup games that he got. Um, it'd be nice to see. Him over the next maybe, what in in the busy period just before and around Christmas. Hopefully, we'll see him a little bit more. Um, come come into the mix. Yeah, I think he would have probably been worth a place on the bench on Sunday over Bjarnson because if you're not bringing on Bjarnson when Kodja goes off injured in left midfield, mm. then when's he ever going to play? So it would have been maybe nice to see O'Hare on the bench Sunday. And I think Grealish probably could have handled being on the bench as well. Like we say, you don't know until until you chuck him in. But the one thing I will say is we played Middlesbrough. In the in the Carabao Cup, who are obviously a championship side, and admittedly it was a dismal performance, a terrible game. He didn't really do anything in that game against against a stronger opposition. Like the teams we were playing before were in the leagues below, so maybe Bruce doesn't quite trust him 
for the first team yet, but he'll be involved this season. I'd have I'd have thought he he'll be involved in the eighteen before the end of the season and coming off the bench a few times in the league. Yeah, fair enough. I wanted to get your opinion before we move on on a couple of a couple of the questionable decisions from last night. You had the James Chester penalty oh, shout penalty. Penalty? day? Yeah, but I think because the way the ball moved. Yeah, it did look. We got, we got away with it. Yeah. It looked like he got the ball because of the direction the ball travelled in. Yeah. But that was a penalty. Yeah, I, sure. I, I would have thought the same. Um, well, I did think the same, but I obviously didn't see as many angles as maybe you we did. We saw lots on the, uh, the TV. Did you? Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. A lot. And the other one was um, Davis's stray arm when he went up for the header there. there was a, he, he got booked, which is, which is always interesting when something happens like that and you think the referee's maybe just appeasing the crowd a little bit with a booking. You either, you either did leave with the arm or you didn't. I think it was an accident. Yeah, He didn't look at the man, as the commentator said at the time. He just was using it for leverage and he's hit the guy in the face. don't think it was malicious. On another day, if you get a, a more uh, stringent ref, you might get the red card. But I th- yellow card was the right decision. Yeah, I thought. And then Bruce did the right thing taking him off, actually. Because mm. I think they were going to try and wind him up and get him sent off. Try and ruff, ruffle him a bit. So I think it was the right decision to bring him off when he did. Fair enough. What what do you make now of the starting starting uh, forward line? Where 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 do we go now? Because Kodja, at, at time of recording, we're not quite sure whether he's going to be fit or not. Does he deserve to be in the mix anyway? You know, has has, has Davis earned his spurs to to play against Sheffield Wednesday? I think I'd start Davis on Saturday and have Kodja on the bench if he is if he is fit. But Kodja is our on his day when he's fully fit and I don't think he's up to speed yet match fitness wise still because I think he didn't have a pre-season mm. he's our best player he's our 20 goal a season man as good as Keenan Davis is if you played him for the whole season he wouldn't score 20 goals because he's he's not a prolific goal scorer yep. he's scored two goals so far which is a, a semi-decent decent return but Keenan Davis is the kind of player that makes players around him should have had another better. one last night shouldn't he early doors I can't remember uh, the one a good save Stri- good save kind of was straight at him yeah, yeah. I think Codger's getting a lot of unfair criticism. And I've thought of a, an equal scenario that happened a few years ago. So we had the first season under Lambert where Benteco basically kept us up. And then he got, he got an injury and he came back and he wasn't, he wasn't the same player. And the fans were having a, go, having a go at him saying we shouldn't play him, we're better without him. And then at the end of the season he's obviously kept us up. Kept us up again. Codger scored nearly 20 goals last season. He was the only one scoring goals. The thing is now... We've got people in the team who, who we're chipping in with goals from all over the place now, which is good. Obviously, our defenders have started chipping with goals now. Chester and Terry mm-hmm. scoring two in the last three games between them. So if we can get Codger back to last season's form and with the players now chipping in with goals all round, we're really onto something. Mm. And you need different players for different games. People saying, well, some, ga- some games you might not play Davis, some games you might not play Codger, some games you're playing together, some games Codger will be on the wing. Like, you need different players and different different systems for different teams. Mm-hmm. So I think Codger's getting a lot of disrespect at the moment. I don't think he's deserved just because he hasn't scored from open play yet. His game was getting better against <clears throat> against Fulham and Blues, I thought. Yeah. He looked livelier, not at his best level by any stretch of the imagination, but he was getting close to the level he was at last season, I thought. Yeah, does it go back a little bit to what you've talked about before where there has to be a scapegoat <clears throat> all of the time? You know, that if it's if it's not one player, it's another. If it's not Whelan, it's Codger. You know, Whelan has a good game last night yeah, and, and then it moves straight on to somebody else. Can we, as fans, just not enjoy the fact that actually the whole team seems to be clicking a little bit and uh, we're on this great unbeaten run and, and we're fifth? As for... Football fans in the main, there always has to be something wrong. And like you say, we do always seem to have to have a scapegoat. And Whelan's been very, very good 
in the last two games and people have started to pick up on that a little bit now but for me he's been doing a lot of those things all season and mm. it has just gone unnoticed yeah. I don't know whether it's because these two games were on the telly where it's not all up well, actually it does seem like we're on the telly a lot maybe more people are starting to see it and maybe when you're actually at the game sometimes you don't notice things that you notice on TV and vice versa but I don't think Wheeler's doing a hell of a lot different to what he's been doing all season I just yeah. think he's got the plaudits the last couple of games because He's perhaps made a few more critical blocks. Right. But, yeah, we don't need to have a scapegoat. And to make your top scorer from last season, when no one else was scoring, your scapegoat, uh, that's not on. He deserves a bit more respect than that for me. Mm-hmm. Let's move from centre-forward to centre-back and our goalkeeper. We got a tweet earlier. Apologies, I can't remember who it was from. But a little stat attack that Sam, Sam Johnston has more clean sheets in 2017 than any other championship goalkeeper. We've praised him a lot on this show, and it really feels like that, that kind of central three of Johnston... Chester and Terry have just come into their own now and we're really seeing the value of of John Terry and what a player he is you know and uh, an elder statesman of this team but he's still he's still barking the orders he's still leading by example and it's just great to see I felt like Terry was a bit shy when he first came in yeah I didn't feel he was doing all the stuff that he's doing now at the start I felt like he was trying not to make too much of a of a fuss maybe trying to ease his way in but now He's doing everything that I thought he would, yeah. and he's he's absolutely unbelievable. He's such a good defender, such a good player, and such a good character. As well. I mean, Chester was very good last season, anyway. But you, he's made a huge difference to Johnston, I think. If you put that into an everyday example, though, it's like going into a new job, isn't it? Where you you probably, well, maybe you know what the job is, and you have to do it a little bit. But you need to uh, work out other people's personalities. Yeah. You need to just just bed yourself in, and obviously, he came in was was captain, made captain off Chester. You know, I know Chester said that that's not a problem, anything like that. Consulted. But but still, there's still a little bit of, if you don't know Chester that well, you just need to kind of make sure everything's okay. And now he's he's coming to come in and to resign. But it's more even the extra things he does. I know he does yoga. I can't remember if it's Bikram yoga or regular yoga. Good yoga knowledge. Well, you know, I, there with your pie knowledge I, there. <laughs> you know, Bikram yoga and, and pies are my specialist subject. But even that kind of stuff, he's bringing that to the training ground. And that's that's a massive example for our, not just our young players, but the whole team. And that's going to last us right through till May. He is incredible. He's a, a modern day, not superstar. It's not quite the word I'm what word I'm looking for. He's a modern day football great. Mm-hmm. John Terry. There's been few better defenders than him in the game for the last fifteen to twenty to twenty years. And we're very very lucky to have him. And if we do end up going up, he will have played a massive part on and off the pitch. Mm-hmm. But I was saying last night on Twitter, Bruce. Obviously, Bruce gets criticism. He's not as not as uh, progressive as some people would like. But the last twelve games to have only lost once after the start we had, he's he's, he's steadied the ship and he's turned turned around the ship for me. And there's a few like Terry and Snodgrass, for example. We wouldn't have either of them if Steve Bruce wasn't our manager. They would not have come to the club as big a pull as Aston Villa is. I don't think either of them would have come to Villa if it wasn't for Steve Bruce. I think John Terry could have got a, a, probably a Premier League job. Well, he didn't he? want to play in the Premier League, did he? Yeah, I think no, Terry might have knocked it on the head because he wouldn't. Another manager might not have might not have gone in for Terry because no. you looked at Villa centre backs Baker and Chester and you, it wasn't a lot. Wrong. I didn't think there was a lot wrong. I like Baker mm. and I still would like to have him here as a third choice. But obviously, he wanted to play. But another manager would have looked at that and said, "We're fine." But just the extra stuff Terry can Terry can bring. Yeah. And it's it's a bit okay. It's a bit more short term than having Nathan Baker. But the short term is get, get us out of the get us out of the championship, yep. and as I say, John Terry will be a huge part of that if we manage to do that. And I think his professionalism off the pitch will at the training ground will 
have a have a lasting impact on some of our younger players, and that will hopefully breed this kind of a new a new philosophy at Villa, and, and that's really really important. Let's talk a little bit about um, the October games where we won one. Drew one, lost one, four points in total. I think you went for oh, five. five points. I went for seven, so I went a little bit optimistic. We'll do it again. Nice, fe- nice feature, isn't it? This one. Yeah. yeah, I like this one. I think uh, maybe Dan Rowlandson gets a little graphic for oh. this. No, no, not for the podcast. Step it up a not bit. Not for the podcast. Step it up. Come on. I'm uh, I'm pushing the boundaries here. Right, OK, I've got the fixtures in front of me. Um, obviously... We've already played a game, so... We've, we've, we've already had one. Yeah. That's you know, not, not the end of the world, I'm just though, saying. Is it? Yeah. Well, you can have that one for free. Okay. You got three points there. Unless I, predicted, you I predicted a draw. Did you? Yeah, oh, in the match down. preview. I'm oh. always wrong, though, in the match preview. That's part of the reason why I do it. I predicted a 2-0 win, so uh, I'm... Uh, did you? No. <laughs> but I will take it. All right, let's go. Saturday the 4th of November, Aston Villa v Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to write them down. Beat them last season. They're not on the best of runs at the moment. The manager's under a little bit of pressure. We're flying. Yeah, win. Win. Tom also goes for a win. Um, Saturday 18th of November, Queen's Park Rangers v Aston Villa. A game that you and I will both be at. We will both be there, thanks to the, the late ticket surge that we had today uh, we'll come on to that later the family field trip that's going on <laughs> for that game um, we won there last season my away record's abhorrent another good word and, uh, great word and uh, we won and I went last season so I'm going to go but they've beat some good teams recently they, they've not been great QPR they've suddenly shot up the table they've beat uh, Wolves and yeah, they've beat true. someone else as well at home, they beat, the last two home games, they beat two good teams. Then they beat Sheffield United. That Wolves result was, well. was a brilliant result. Actually, not a bad result for us either. Yeah, so Holloway doesn't like us either, really. I think he'd like to get one over us. I don't know, I'm just a bit torn with that one. I'll go for draw. Okay. But I'm, that's a reluctant draw. Okay, Dan goes for a draw. <sighs> I was going to go for a draw, but I don't want to keep them all the same. Um, you, can, you can, if that's your opinion, you don't have to change it just because I've said something. Oh, you're a very intimidating guy. You can have the same opinion. <laughs> yeah. Matter. Okay, I think I am going to go for a draw. I don't see us winning that. So it's a tough place to go. Uh, like you say, at the moment, they're they're a good they're a good side. Before the last two games, I would have said win probably. They're obviously one of those teams that struggle to get themselves up for some games and then their big team doing well rocks up mm. and they want to spoil the party so that's a that's a problem alright next game Tuesday the 21st of November it's a 7.45 kickoff at home to Sunderland three points win but it's typical they're in free fall they're garbage and I feel like this kind of thing happens a lot to Villa they'll have a new manager in by then yeah. so they might get a new manager bounce who, who are they going to get? <sighs> Only a lunatic would take that job. Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't think... I mean, Peter Reid's one of the favourites at the moment, isn't he? Which is no Which is telling way. you how, how not in demand that job is. Oh, that's ugly. Uh, that is terrible. I think even Dwight York, rent-a-gob Dwight York, could think twice about this one. Do you think Sherwood would take it? He always says about a club that matches my ambitions, that matches the way I see football should be played, I don't think he'd take it. Interesting. I'm not sure he'll ever get a job again. Well, that's what I mean. You know, he needs he needs to open his open his search parameters if he if he wants the job. I just think it's a dangerous job to take. Totally. Uh, last year when Moyes took it, I think he had an opportunity of the Celtic job. Moyes. I was surprised he went to Sunderland because he had a bad time at Man U and a bad time at Sociedad. Mm. So I thought he needed to take a safe job, and yeah. that job is not a safe job. And that's what a lot of managers will be thinking. I think one of the caretakers might end up getting it, mm. just because I don't think anyone will fancy it. 
Fair. It's worth a flutter on the, one of the, the Billy McKinley, I'd say. Fair enough. And the last game uh, in November, Saturday 25th, uh, Aston Villa v Ipswich. Three home games this, this month. We lost to them last season, but I'm going to go win again. Okay. I'm going to I mean, go... I'm, I'm in danger of sounding like Chris Dolan here, but... <laughs> you really are. Uh, I'm going to go draw with that one. Uh, so win for you. T is a draw. There's been two games recently in the last week. Or not the last week, the last few weeks that have made me think we get we get the championship now. Fulham at home. I thought, I didn't see us winning that game, and we, and the way the game was, it was a hard game, but we managed to grind out the win and get and get the victory. And last night away at Preston, it, I just feel like we finally got the hang of the championship now. We know we know what it's about. And this is something else I said last night on Twitter. If you rewind to when we got relegated. So demoralising, going and watching players that visibly didn't care, that were visibly taking the mick. And whatever happens now this season, you can see these players, they genuinely care, they genuinely have a hunger mm. to play for Aston Villa. There was bodies on the line last night, John Terry, Chester, Whelan, Yednat when he comes on. I think we've got the right mix yeah. of players now as well. It's just players that want to be there, players that want to do well, players that want to get this fallen giant back in the Premier League. And it's players now that get the league. And I think a manager that gets Aston Villa a bit more now, he's not, he's not as negative now as some people make out. I just think we've got we've got the right mix now, and I'm I'm really really confident now this season that we'll at least get top six. Yeah, do you think at the start it was a it was a case of maybe just really trying to steady the ship, be negative, be solid, get a foundation, and now he's got the players, he's worked out, he's got some young players in there, he's got Snodgrass whom he trusts, you know, Adoma's in great form, and now he's got the opportunity to be a bit more free flowing. Well, he said that himself that when he came in, he needed to to steady the ship and make them harder to beat, which he did. He did do initially. I was thinking about this the other day. I think some of the stuff he said about the remit was to avoid relegation is baloney. Yeah, but I think he. The, we were so bad. We were looking so bad when he came in, and we're looking in trouble. We were Sund- we were Sunderland basically, mm-hmm. Sunderland of this season, last season. I think he almost did too good a job when he first came in because we started to get results. So I think he he set himself up for a fall. Because we then had a terrible run, and then that seemed to to scare scare him a bit. And then we went too far defensively. We were literally just trying to grind out grind out games. And perhaps we started the season a bit in in that manner as well. We lost two games where we didn't really have a go yeah. away from home at the start of the season. But I think he got off to too good a start, Bruce. When he came in, so expectation levels were raised. Yeah, well, I think the expectation levels were there. Whatever. I don't think he set himself up for the fall. I think Villa fans have an expectation that we should have been at that level. Obviously, we then pushed for the uh, for the playoff places, didn't quite make it. And then when you start off so badly again, that is it's easy to forget now. But that was that was so bad. Oh, I had question mark, question marks in my, in exactly. my head. I was close to turning. I remember being in this in this studio and we were we were talking about it on air and off air, and we were just like, "What do we do?" Because this is this is an yeah. ugly place to be in. I remember getting a lot of social media stick for not actually coming out and saying that I think Bruce should go, and I was, I was edging, I was getting close, close to feel, to feeling that to be honest. But I just felt still he deserved a little bit, little bit more time, and I think now, the patience that the board have obviously shown it is. Is re- they're reaping that now. It's important for a football club. I think it's to remember stability is really, really important. Especially, I mean, this season is so important in terms of financial fair play. You know, we've got a few of these old guard who are who are Bruce's men. Terry, you could uh, put him in that bracket as well. Steve Bruce is quite important to, yeah. to, to this to this process to this season. And you know, if it doesn't happen, then it will be catastrophic this year 
but he definitely has earned his earned his chance to to make it happen. I still think automatics is going to be really really tough. If we can go, if we pick up the results that we've predicted in November, then we're we're set for a good go at autos because the teams up above us at the moment will lose games. Mm-hmm. In November, so if we pull out the, pull out those results, we'll be in a good position. November's a big. I know we say it every month. November's a big month because you then come in towards Christmas, where anything can happen: injuries, fixture congestion. You got the you got the tired legs, tired legs out there. The games come thick and fast. So anything can happen over Christmas. November's massive. If we have a good November to go with our good October and good September, then we're on the right track to challenge for autos. I still think we might just end up falling short because I don't think Wolves and Cardiff are going anywhere. In, well, the top, we'll, in the top two, we'll see. We've seen them both lose. Obviously, Cardiff lost to Birmingham, and uh, and Wolves lost to QPR. So there, there are slip ups to be had, yeah. and, and Villa have to take charge of that. So Dan, you've gone for ten points if you include the win last night. That's thirteen out of fifteen for November. I have gone for eight points. Add the win, which okay. is eleven. Yeah, win, win, which is six. Draw, draw. Draw Ipswich. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're a tough side to beat. Do you see? Um, Excuse me, Mick McCarthy's press conference. He's a madman. He, He's he crazy, does not isn't care. Does he? No. He does not care what the Ipswich fans think. And I, I kind of like that. There's a. I, I'm not sure I'd like it if he was our no, manager, but it's fun to watch from the side. But he he sets a good team out. They were top of the league at the start of the season uh, for a, for a little bit as well. So they're, they're going to be a tough side. The man uh, is a lunatic. They have to come to Villa Park as well, which shouldn't be underestimated. That Villa Park is a tough place. To it's play. a fortress. So. We shall see. Do you want to move on to some news, or you got anything else that you want to lay, lay on us? Uh, nah, go for news for now. I've okay. got a few bits and pieces. Let me just check that I said everything I wanted to say. Okay. About the Preston game. Yeah, I've said it. We're very, very professional, and so I'm both sitting here with our laptops out. Feels weird, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, does. it doesn't look right. No. Um, Especially with me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Tim Sherwood. Always fun. We've mentioned him already on this show tonight. Um, he was on the Sky Sports Debate Show. Did you see this? Uh, yeah, I did. I recorded it and watched it specifically because he was on there. Yeah, so he said Villa got what they deserved when it came to uh, relegation. I'll read his quote here. Aston Villa is a great club with fantastic fan base. He said that before. Um, it turned out really well in the first season. I took them to a cup final and got them safe. I thought... Uh, I was very strong, but the hierarchy had other ideas. They had a scouting network of young students. That's a shot, isn't it? Who have been looking at screens, crunching numbers and learning the game from that. They were telling me which players to bring in. Don't forget, we lost Benteke, who was the only goal scorer. Fabian Delph uh, and Cleverly and Vlar, the core of the side. I was given a group of young foreign lads and it was going to take them time. And after nine games, I was relieved of my duties they had three managers after me and were relegated. Tim Sherwood's autobiography. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I haven't got this down. Unfortunately, they got what they deserved. It was poor management from upwards. Just think of that. <laughs> the whole thing. I think he had to go at the time. Yeah. I think he did very well when he first came in, got to the cup final, did, did well, had good players, which helped. I think Lambert wasn't getting the best out of the good players that we had there, the ones he's mentioned, Benteke, yeah. Cleverly, Delph. And then he brought Grealish in as well Vlar. to add into the mix. Vlar was there. Kim Clark was having a very good season, so I think he he inherited a good bunch of players that were underperforming. Yep. I think he got the boot at the right time. I get what he's saying about the transfer policy. Obviously, losing all those players was any team would struggle to come back from losing the core four from their side. But the players he bought in were the ones that were the problem. The players that were bought in by the students, the Garners, the Veritus. Uh, I can't think of anyone else who was Garner's there. a good player. Yeah, Garner, well, Garner's gone on and been a good player somewhere else in yeah. the Premier League, so. Amavi? 
Amavi um, was a good player, obviously ended up getting injured. Tim Sherwood boy, Mika Richards, Jolly and Lescott, Rudy Gusted. And none, and, they, of, and none of them really did anything. And they are Sherwood signings, aren't yeah. they? There's no way that these students are, yeah. are, are picking out uh, Michael Richards and going, yeah, the numbers suggest that this makes sense. I don't think Richards was... I think he didn't have a great season because obviously no one did. I think he would deserve to be lumped in with Lescott that season. Lescott was an absolute disgrace yeah. and probably my most hated figure at Aston Villa Football Club ever. Closely followed by Eric Black. I didn't like him. Either <laughs> anyone else? Uh, no, there's been a few over the years, obviously. But Tim Sherwood, I don't think he can have any complaints with with getting the sack. I'll always remember him fondly because for a short time it was quite fun to be a Villa fan again, and there's not been much fun as a Villa fan. And I remember him now for this. I don't know why I remembered this. I went when we went to I went to QPR last season with my dad. Mm-hmm. And Tim Sherwood was getting a hero's reception doing the punditry, like it was the best thing really? that ever happened. I mean, at the end of the day, he was involved in us. Involved in us, in us going down, and Tim Sherwood was like looking at the Villa fans. And my dad did this really weird wave <laughs> at him, like he knew him, and that Tim Sherwood could see him. And that he, I just remembered that it popped into my head. It was a bizarre moment. Oh, we'll have to get Dave. It was at that uh, moment, I thought my dad's lost it. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to get Dave's opinion on that one. Uh, Sherwood won ten of his twenty-eight games in charge. Not great record, is it? I, I always felt, felt he looked a little bit ill, and he was always... <laughs> Most Villa managers end up looking ill, to be oh, fair, Paul by the time Lambert they leave. looked the worst. And then he came back a couple of months later Fresh. as a Sky Sports pundit. He'd had a haircut, he'd had a beard shave, yeah. he'd lost weight. I mean, let's face it, Bruce looked had, had been on a, a pretty good diet yeah, when, he, uh, when he came into Villa, and he doesn't look like he did when he took over now. Um, there's a Ross McCormack update. Oh, I got a bit of stick, which was you did. quite fair, actually, well, looking back. Ross McCormack's piling it on. Scored again, didn't he? scored they? twice, a penalty and a free kick, and uh, Melbourne continued their unbeaten run against Adelaide United. Final score, 2-0. I'd like to apologise for my comments I made last week that offended uh, a Villa fan. I don't know if he is Australian or is he based in Australia, so I apologise for that. It was a bit naive of me to say the league is rubbish, because he's right, I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine it being that great. When I was a student, I used to uh, watch it on my little uh, corner of Bet365 because I'd uh, have, a, have a wager on, yeah. on the game every now and again. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't great. No. But I, I don't know I don't know what you'd equate it to, whether it's the Scottish Premier League or, or whatever. So. <sighs> the Scottish Premier League, now that is garbage. Well, we'll, we'll stop speculating okay. on how good I the Australian stop saying league is. are garbage. I don't, <laughs> uh, yeah. don't offend people. Thoughts on the um, K-League? Or the J League. Which one's that? Korean and Japanese. No. They used to be all the rage back in the day. Not now. No. Japan's obviously got a lot of affluence. Well, it's China, isn't it? China's the, China's oh, yeah. the one. Oh, God. That shows, <laughs> that shows you how good my knowledge is. Um, Christmas is coming, which means one thing for football fans. January transfer window is around it's the corner. It's too clock. early, Tom. Well, it's too early to talk about it. It's not too early it's for too the early. papers to start speculating. And the, no, the, I can see what you've got on your screen. The rumour mill is turning down. What a load of rubbish. You think it's, you think it's out of the question? Carrick. Michael Carrick. Absolutely. Been linked no, we don't even need him. You don't think? No. Okay. I'm going to play Carrick, Yedinak and Whelan. What are the oldest midfield in the world? Yeah, that's true. We don't need him. You don't need him. You wouldn't have him. He's been one of those that I've never thought was that good a player. You've said exactly the opposite, I'm sure, on this podcast. I haven't. I think I've used him as an example of a position. Which of a... And you don't don't rate him My problem is, I think, with him, is I've always thought Gareth Barry was the better player. Right. I know similar players, and I've never felt Gareth Barry got the praise he deserved. Right. So from that, I've just took that Carrick shouldn't get any praise. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Carrick, Carrick went to Man U and became that guy, but then Barry went to Man City and then got that. I'd say Barry's got more to his game or had more to his game. I think Carrick's a very good player, and I think you are 
you are underrating his ability. I agree that we don't need him, but I'm just just pointing it out that the that the uh, transfer cogs are starting to turn. Too would, early. It's would, like you won't, wouldn't talk about. You wouldn't put Christmas decorations up now, would you? No, but I know. And that's before the January transfer window. I know people that are starting to listen to Christmas music. Who name name and shame? Uh, it's, it's a couple of girls that won't listen and uh, don't care. Still deserve a name and shame. Well, I I do you know once this is this is a really random tangent that has come to be a staple of mine. Um, do you remember when you could link uh, your Spotify account to your Facebook account? I've never had Spotify. Oh, that's great. You I'm need... an Apple Music guy. Right, fair enough. There well, are other music appliances, appliances, <laughs> applications. It's all gone wrong for you on the words. No, that's fine. Um, and, and this girl in question had obviously linked it, and it was July, and she was listening to, like, Christmas is Coming 2010 or whatever. It's the greatest hits. Get out of town. Yeah. She's got to get out of town. Yeah, I've told her. i told her. Um, okay, but we are going to talk about our our summer transfer business next week, aren't we? Are we? I thought we were going to... Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to do a little extra video. Yeah. A little extra video, filling the void. You know, just uh, previewing what's going on at the Villa View L- right now. little filler, just uh, we're going to go through and review our summer business, each player one by one now, and see how well we think they've done. Maybe give them a pie rating, just to fit in with the Tom Julia theme. <laughs> Seems fair. I don't mind yeah. that. Um... You got any more news for us? Um, I don't think so. I've got a mention to give mm-hmm. on behalf of Big Villa fan, radio and TV celebrity Johnny Gold, top man Johnny Gold. Follow me on Twitter if you don't already. So he's involved in a a book called I think it's called The Adventures of Striker Boy. It's certainly called called Striker Boy, which is uh, trying to raise awareness around mental health and it's using football as the platform to, to raise awareness. And this book's actually raising money for the charity. Charity Mind, so it's in the memory of uh, Johnny Gold's friend, Johnny Zucker, who lived with mental health issues for over, over 20 years and is un- unfortunately no longer with us. So um, Johnny, not Johnny Gold, Johnny Zucker dedicated his whole life to getting kids reading and worked for many years as a primary school teacher before becoming an author. So Striker Boy was his favourite and most popular story. So this special not-for-profit edition has been published in his memory to raise awareness around around mental health, which is I think is a fantastic fantastic cause so fair play to Johnny Gold have been involved in that so if you go on to uh, strikerboy.com and take a look you can actually actually buy the book but yeah just yeah. wanted to, to raise awareness around that and give that a shout out because I think it's a worthy cause there's one for, for, for your Christmas stockings absolutely worthy cause and, and anybody should or oh, mental health I mean this isn't the mental health podcast but if, if you are struggling with something like that then you should be talking about it it's important and for anyone who has ever belittled Mental health is going to be serious here. Yeah, I implore them to read. You know Robert Enker, the German goalkeeper. Love that book. Have you read it? Well, loves it. It's it's harrowing. Well, yeah, fair enough. I I don't don't love that book, but it's an an absolutely excellent insight into what professional footballers, some professional footballers, and and people people in life. Yeah, yeah, have to do. I've got to say that can really that book really opened my eyes. Yeah. So that is there's probably people footballers playing now that, that are struggling with it. Obviously, Aaron Lennon came out this year and said mm-hmm. that he said that he was Clark struggling with well. it as well so yeah it's a really really important topic so it'd be good to raise some awareness around that issue yeah the author ronald Breng is a is an excellent journalist so um yeah well worth reading uh if you've if you've got the time yep should we move on to questions yes well i've got comments uh have you i don't have questions i don't think i think we've got i've got questions but not comments that's nfl talk tom that's not yeah, gonna know, do the not. job for you you always call me out on things. It's very harsh. I mean, that's the kind of character I am, Tom. Yeah, it yeah. seems, seems unfair. <laughs> it's just, I'll, I'll get them up because you're flailing. Dan Robinson actually didn't send us 
the comments from the well, YouTube I videos mean. this, this week. So he's sort of private chat. He, no, no, he hasn't sent anything. So I don't know if you've been watching the Villa View, Villa View's normal videos outside of the podcast. If you have, you will notice that the man behind the camera, Dan Rollinson, has stepped forward to be in front of the camera recently. He's done a, a sturdy job for his first go at presenting, I'd say. I don't know whether you've watched it. I have, yeah. yeah. What do you think? I thought it was good. It was, it's nice to... It's a bit weird seeing him, isn't it? It is a bit, yeah, because usually he's the one pointing the camera at you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but nice to see him. And just, uh, and good luck. Just on, I've just thought of some new, some news. That new, what is that new white shirt? The Villa Third shirt that was uh, kind of unveiled or leaked today. I like the look of that shirt. It's... That'll be on my Christmas list. Will it? Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, do you still ask for Christmas shirts, do you? I well, I don't you... usually, but... Right. I think I'll make the exception as this, if this is coming out, but we don't actually know whether it is coming out yet because it hasn't been announced. I did try and do some sneaky. You can never tech... play in it though. Uh, well, well, come on to that. You're wearing white now. We came. Well, I'm not going to play did, football in this. I did send us some sneaky texts to sources at Villa to try and find out if it was being released, but I have been so far ignored. All oh, right. So I was hoping to have an exclusive, but no, no cigar. Big time Dan Bardell is uh, well, obviously is... not big time Dan Bardell, it's is been it? Pied. Yeah. Uh, right, let's move on to the questions now. Just put, Actually, I just want to go back. Tom actually is obviously carrying some resentment around white shirts because he, his mother didn't let him wear or buy white football shirts when he was younger. So he's, you don't see him as pleased with that shirt as I thought you would be. If you're, you can I, buy one now, Tom. You're an adult. If you want a white football shirt, you can wear one. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Dan. Uh, if you're new to the Villa View podcast, this is, this is an age-old story where I, I share that my... When I was a kid, I wouldn't get white football shirts uh, or England football shirts or, or things like that. What the white ones, anyway? Because, uh, well, because they're a nightmare to clean. You know, you go out, you go out to the park, uh, and uh, your and mum you has instilled some serious discipline on white shirts. I totally agree with her. No, you're gonna you're gonna slide around the park, you're gonna get all muddy, and then it's then it's kind of faded and a bit bit gross for the rest of its time. I'm looking forward to meeting your family at the QPR away game. We did touch on it earlier. Tom and I have managed to get tickets for Loftus Road today, so six tickets. Tom is coming with his whole family. Well, not well, no, yeah, well his mum and his dad and his wife. Yeah. No date, date night, that? Date day? Date day, yeah. yeah. And me and my dad, we're all sitting together, so that's going to be quite interesting because I've never met Tom's family before. I've met his wife on a few occasions, a few birthdays, but never actually met his family before. Looking forward to meeting your parents. You can come to the Northern Soul night with us afterwards if oh, you want. Oh, no. Do, do, do you do the dancing? Oh, yeah. I've actually been to a Northern Soul uh, club before. Yeah. I, didn't like, I didn't feel comfortable there. Did you not? Nah, not really. Didn't, didn't like the tunes? No, nah, no. Nah. I was trying to do the dancing. I wasn't very good at it, and I felt like the proper Northern Soul dancers were judging me. But I was just having a go. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you'd, you'd be quite good. Oh, yeah, I'll be right into it. Right, enough Northern Soul. <laughs> I'll Tom, get Chris Dolan down. And he Tom, Julian. Uh, I can't see Dolan at the, at the Northern Soul. Oh, yeah. Nah. I don't reckon he's got the moves. Well, we'll see. All the gear, no idea. All right, come on then. Uh, so, Noah says, Tom, you need more date nights, alluding to the fact that Villa win when Tom didn't watch the game. Obviously works. Chris Dolan's asked when he's making another appearance on the podcast. Not sure. I, uh, needs I, a Tom Julian holiday. Yeah, I met up with Chris Dolan yesterday. We had a little chat before the yeah, he told Preston me. game. He told me that he saw you, yeah. yeah. Jack Hurley, looking to get the Villa home shirt. What name do I get between these three? Keane and Davis, Conor Horahan or Andre Green. And he's put a little poll there. Conor Horahan's flying, 61%. I vote for Conor Horahan. Interesting to see you didn't. I vote for Keenan Davis, yeah. Just to be a bit different, I've not seen too many Keenan Davis shirts around Villa Park. If you uh, if you want to vote on that, that's Jack underscore Hurley underscore R on, yeah. on Twitter. You've got a couple of days to get yourself into that Andre one. Andre Green's on 0% um, at the moment. Brad1993, what's happened to Tom making some chants? 
what has happened? Oh, I didn't see I mean, mine was terrible. Yeah. But at least I did one when I said I would. I was You've thinking about this. Down. I thought about this earlier on. In the, you what? just said you didn't see it coming. No, I didn't see this question. Which one is it? Came in late, came in late. Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier on, uh, like in the week. And uh, I think we should get a chant going about beards. We've probably got the strongest beard game in... In the league. You included me. Uh, very much yeah. No, I'm yeah. getting rid of mine. I don't I'm, like it. Are you? No, I'm getting rid of it. When? Probably Friday, tomorrow, before Facebook Live with Ian Taylor on Saturday. I don't want to look like a scruff on Villa's official Facebook. Have you not had a beard on there before? Not like this, though. It needs, it needs a tidy at the very least. It needs some just for men. That's what it, it needs. It certainly needs some <laughs> just for men. Um, yeah, I was thinking about a beard beard tune i haven't got one i'm not gonna lie it's been a hectic week but I, week? I will get you on for next week i promise, promise i 100 promise if i don't i'll do a gary lineker and do the show in my pants oh god i don't know one wants to say that. <laughs> I, I certainly don't uh kira marks at swarmsy with the under 23s performing so well which players would you like to see break into the first team ideally you'd like to see all the young players yeah break into the first team but it's probably not going to going to happen calum the obvious one isn't yeah. it uh leiden's been playing well I don't think he's going to quite... You don't think he's going to He's not it? getting in the squad now when there's injuries. I think he's going to struggle. I think he needs a loan in January at the mm-hmm. very least. Mitch Clark as well. I, 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 I like the look of him. He's the one I'd like to he see. He played really well, obviously, when he deputised in the Carabao Cup. I saw it's something about Chelsea were looking at him or something on social media the other oh. day. I don't know how true that is. Probably not true. Follows me on Twitter. I'll ask him okay. if that's true, whether he knows of any interest from Chelsea. How many Twitter drops have you had today? A few. Dropped done a, a few. Done a few, yeah. Uh, Aston Radford, Alan Hutton, a better left back than right back. Discuss. We've kind of already done that. Yep. I think he has to concentrate more at left back, so I think that that helps him. I always used to find when I when I played and I was a bit hungover, I'd concentrate more. And then you're generally... suggesting that Alan Hutton's hungover? <laughs> no, not at all. But you might have to con- when you concentrate more, you generally play play a better game. Max Roberts, what do I have for dinner tomorrow? I'm presuming he's probably already had his dinner. Pie and chips now. Pie and chips, Tom says. So Tom is the food connoisseur. So go go with him. Rob Henry, is Bruce an astute or a lucky manager or both? How has he achieved what no Villa manager has since Martin O'Neill, a team that does not expect to lose? I think it would be unfair to say that he was just lucky. He's 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 won in this league before. He knows what he's doing. He's 12 unbeaten and, and, and Bruce is a big part of that. He's also assembled this squad that is able to do it. So yeah. I think I think he takes a big... I, th- I think if you're go- if you're going to put all the blame on him when we lose, then you have to give him the respect. That was want. something I thought of earlier. I didn't write it down, but that's a very valid point. People slam him mm. anytime we lose a game or we don't win games that people think they should. So he deserves equal praise when when we do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's had a bit of luck in the sense that I think he stumbled upon a few players through injury because Adoma was out at the eighteen. Well, let's not get it. Let's point. not get it to it. Every team needs luck. If you're going to yeah. if you're going to win a league or get promoted or do anything, then you need a little bit of luck along the way. And, and maybe Bruce is is having his share of that now, but but that goes along with with his managerial quality as well. He's been promoted more times than anyone else from the Championship in history. So that's not luck, is it? Yeah, that's a talent. Great. Uh, Jack Hurley again. Where do we strengthen in January? Younger holding midfielder, backup left back. Maybe the need for a left back isn't as urgent as I thought it was. Now I think Hutton will probably be the backup left back for the rest of the season. There's another question coming up. I think if you could buy a quality Premier League player, where would you buy? And I think a, a holding midfielder would would certainly be be an option for that. I'd say just a normal central midfielder. If I, I think we're pretty strong everywhere at the moment. I don't think we need any players. Yeah, I'd send up. A more creative central midfielder, perhaps. Creative? Yeah, a bit more of a creative 
eye for a pass central midfielder. If anything, that's. But I don't think we really need anyone. I'm going to be honest. Oh yeah, I, I would. I would tend to agree. But I think we need somebody who's a bit younger, who's going to do the Wheel and Yedinak kind of role in there. Maybe a younger Michael Carrick. I think Wheel and Yedinak have got that covered between them. What if we go up in the Premier League? Oh no, but he's not talking about in the Premier League. He's talking about in January. Oh yeah, sorry, I was amalgamating the questions yeah. there. Yeah, you're getting confused. Sorry. Uh, well, set the target for the November fixtures that E and F asked for. Jordan Spencer. Oh, sorry, sorry, just before that, if you if you have your, uh, I don't think we mentioned this at the time. If you've got your predictions for November uh, for the points total, include the three points that we've already got and add them on and put them in the comments. That'd be great and. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll have a look at them next week. Not you, Chris Dolan. No, we don't want to <laughs> fifteen hear you. out of fifteen, yeah. no doubt. Although I was tempted for the fifteen out of fifteen <laughs> this time, to be honest. Jordan Spencer, would you put Terry in the same bracket as Larson, Melberg, etc.? Championship or not, I would. Chester and Terry over Dunn and Collins for me. I very much like both Terry and Chester, but I don't think you can bracket either of them with Melberg and Larson I was just yet. Say so. At the end of the season, if we've been promoted, John Terry will probably have played not far off the amount of games Larson actually ended up playing. Yeah. In the end, well, actually, it would be a fair bit away. But I think I think Larson played under a hundred games. Melberg for us. Melberg was, was phenomenal, inc- inc- incomparable or incomparable. Yeah. I can't think which way around it is. He was just slipping with yeah. these words. It's getting late now, isn't it? It's getting incomparable. Like, getting, getting I, think. Oh, I think it's incomparable, but never mind. Let us know in the comments which variation. It's definitely incomparable. Is. Um, I don't think you could put anyone near Melberg yeah. at the moment for in recent times. Obviously, McGrath. Southgate people like that were very McGrath's obviously the best player that's ever played for Villa the other bit of that comment confused me a little bit Terry and Chester or Dunn and Collins I I don't really have that fond memories of Dunn and Collins I I I never liked Collins I I didn't like Collins either and uh, yeah for me that they they haven't played together that long so it's, it's a little bit unfair still but they're Terry and Chester are, are racing away with that with that comparison uh, what else have we got here Mark Hutton, do we now learn lessons from Keenan Davis's rise and start to trust our academy more and start blooding them instead of buying people like Hogan, etc.? I think he raises a decent point there. I've Obviously, I've championed Hogan a lot, but it is increasingly looking likely that he's not gonna, well, it's not going to work out for, for Hogan. Mm-hmm. But I'd say he'll be here for the rest of the season because if we sell him, it would be to a rival and that would be madness. Yeah. And I'm still hoping it's going to come good for him. But he's obviously got Codger and Davies ahead of him now. As, it's uh, going to be hard for him. Yeah, sorry. As Christmas comes, you know, there's, there's going to be more and more games again. It's going to get very, very busy. We're going to need Hogan to be ready. But we're also going to need these young players. And, and hopefully we will then see a few of them blooded around Christmas period. The other thing is football can change very quickly. As I said earlier, Adoma was out the 18. And then a few weeks later, he was banging in the goals four games in a row Hutton as well so yeah things can change very quickly I'm still very I still want it to work out for Hogan so desperately because I do think he's a very good player mm-hmm. uh, we've discussed the league third kit Henry Naylor do we need Green personally I don't think he's clinical enough yet and in the important season is he worth the risk well he's out for yeah. the next few months still seems a, seems a bit harsh I think when before he was injured he was one of our highest flying prospects and he was really creative and if I'm not mistaken, most Villa fans were, were very, very high on him. Maybe a little bit too high and putting too much pressure on him, if anything. So I'm looking forward to having him back and I hope he'll resume his Villa career the way he, he really started this season, attacking it and, and taking his opportunities. And I wish him all the best for yeah. his recovery. Injury at a bad time for him. Obviously, yeah. he just scored his, scored his first goal. I think when everyone's fit, there's room in, for Green in the 18, mm-hmm. for certain. Yeah. 
Uh, Guy Puxton, for those who couldn't watch the game last night, how would you describe it in three words? I wrote three words down. Did actually. you? Yeah. I haven't seen this. Well, I haven't watched it, so I, well, I haven't. I didn't watch the live game. How would you describe date night in three words? <laughs> uh, Irish, enjoyable, Bills. God, <laughs> God, I hope your wife is not listening because that is not hardly a ringing endorsement. What do you want? Just name places you've gone rather than Irish oh, enjoyment. Bills. Bills is good. <laughs> yeah, but come Bill, on. We didn't talk about bills. Bills is lovely. God. Right. What would you, how would you describe I've the game in three words? Efficient, clinical, and solid. Sounds like date night. To be fair. Every, everything that this podcast hasn't. Made. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, I think it is. On that note, let's let's call it a day. Thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're we're almost up to the hour mark again. Uh, we were talking on. WhatsApp the other day, you and I, weren't we? We've got about 85 iTunes reviews. I haven't checked this week, actually. Um, no, me neither. But if, if you haven't reviewed the show and you like it, you're listening on iTunes right now uh, and you've got to this far, then, then congratulations. Yeah, well done. But if you could drop us a little um, a review, as, as many stars as you like, up to five, obviously. Um, podcast won't be able to see what the videos will see um, <laughs> wrong audience <laughs> uh, yeah if you could leave us a review that would be absolutely amazing it's great for us um, to promote the show and we really appreciate it if you want to get involved on YouTube get involved in the comment sections because we love talking with you and that's that's kind of why we're here that's what the Villa View is communicating with the fans and being a voice for the fans getting the fans heard I will be doing fan cams I believe on Saturday after the game Sheffield Wednesday so come and see me outside the whole tent and get your views heard where hopefully we'll be discussing three points for Aston Villa against the Owls. I'll be doing fan cams at Real Madrid v Las Palmas. Is that what you're going to? Yeah. Yeah, they're on a bad run, Real Madrid. Yeah, they are. You're going at the wrong time. Zidane's under pressure. Yeah. Coach of the year under Could be Zidane's last game. Um, If you are on Facebook, then watch Facebook Live on Saturday afternoon about two o'clock. I'll be on with Ian Taylor dissecting the team news and talking about the last few weeks for the Claret and Blues. little self-plug for me there but obviously everyone loves Ian Taylor and some people like me some yeah we'll see yeah, yeah. thank you very much for watching <laughs> listening all that jazz we'll be back next week don't know what day but we will let you know on Twitter soon thank you very much up the villa up the villa sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.